0: Three, two, one. Hello, my name is Josh, and this is the first episode of the Status Dramaticus podcast. So the idea behind this podcast was that I wanted to offer educational opportunities for EMS and emergency or hospital staff um, just over over a different medium other than meeting in groups which is really convenient since the corona lockdown has us not being able to meet in groups so we were having difficulties with an education night in the area uh, i think i mentioned that i was a nurse and paramedic in harford county but the deal was is that we get together and we talk about different things um case case studies or just um different topics that we need a little refresher on for for everybody but since we haven't been able to get together and and actually the medium in itself has been really it's been pretty troublesome to get everybody together or have a good turnout for our education nights so I'm electing to try this podcasting thing and see how that works so that's the reason for the podcast um, I'm gonna see how this goes I'd like to get some guests on here. Um, I'm always open to subjects or topics for discussion. If someone has a topic that they'd like to talk about, I'm, you know, more than happy to, you know, get together and we'll record a podcast about it. So um, if you do want to leave suggestions or um, just talk about, you know, how the podcast, if you like the podcast, what about the podcast you like, what you didn't like. Um, If you just want to tell me that I suck, I know I suck, so maybe don't even bother with that. But you can email me for suggestions or ideas or just whatever at statusdramaticus, R-N-E-M-S. It's all together at gmail.com. I'll probably repeat this at the end of this podcast. Broadcast, I guess you could say, but I'm going to try to upload at least one episode a week to YouTube. Um, just covering different topics, different things that I hear. Being on both sides of the spectrum here, what EMS is doing, what the emergency nurses nursing staff is doing. Um, just and uh, you know, just things are are different now since we're kind of limited with what we're doing and you know the emergencies don't really stop even with this COVID stuff going on it still means that we've got COVID and we've got other emergencies. It's not like one's going to give way for the other. So uh, with this first um, first podcast I just want to talk about some brief things that I was really meaning to get out back in the beginning of March or even the late February um, Just meeting with uh, some people to get their feedback on what they'd like to see as a a state, as like the state of Maryland, some things that we can work on and then locally what we can work on um, collectively and trying to understand each other a little bit better, too. Because I know being an emergency RN and being a paramedic, I know I see some of my colleagues on both sides not understanding what one side does versus the other and sometimes there's a little bit of confusion there's not the like not the best communication between both sides and you know when everyone gets stressed out it makes things a little bit harder and the understanding of each other is a little bit harder too so um so here are some things I do want to talk about so yeah we we have the covid stuff going on right now but there's definitely better authorities out there than me to talk about that I know at the hospital that I work in, and just in in the county in general, I know we, as of yesterday, I think we just have less than ten COVID cases in Harford County as as a whole. Um, There's a difference between high risk and low risk situations. Usually, the high risk types of situations are going to be tested. Um, and then there's been this scare about running out of supplies and everyone being nervous about what the proper, uh, PPE is and all that other stuff. Um, as it stands right now, um, for most cases, we're apparently wearing the surgical masks in situations where there's the possibility of, um, aerosolizing the virus, um, like in the situations of like innovations or even CPR, um, we want to use an N95 or we can use the PAPRs. Um, in that situation I mean all of us are gonna go through CPR at some point if there's a suspected case of COVID with a cardiac arrest or something. I mean it's not, it's a great idea to probably use you know the appropriate PPE in those situations. Some of the topics I've been meaning to cover for probably about a month now have been allergic reactions, uh, stroke, and the most form. So the deal with the allergic reactions uh, has been that there's been situations where people are not using epinephrine early enough. So just to keep in mind that with the EMS protocols, uh, from MIMS, that a moderate reaction is going to res- because is going to involve hives and or wheezing. So, just make sure you're you know doing a good assessment, uh, checking for hives in these suspected allergic reaction cases. Um, and then using epinephrine, because the situation is going to improve if you have an early epi and a moderate type of reaction, or you think that the allergic reaction is going to progress enough to something more severe. So you can actually limit that. Um, the protocol says that you can do 0.5 milligrams in 0.5 milliliters, and you can repeat every five minutes for a total of three doses Uh, for severe reactions. So just keep it in mind, do a good assessment. If you suspect an allergic reaction, don't be afraid to use the epinephrine. The other topic to touch on too is stroke. So most people are pretty comfortable with the early stroke indicators, but since this implementation of the 20 hours of the last known well time, just keep in mind that they are still priority one and it's still stroke alert if the last known well time is within 20 hours. I know it's it's come off and I've talked to a couple EMS providers that you know we're not reacting. And I wouldn't even say that we're not reacting like it's a, a big deal. We know we all of us know that it's a big deal. Like we know that we can do the clot retrieval with if, if they're within this 20-hour time frame. I think the feedback to EMS is just, it's not as ideal since when they're outside of that four and a half hour range that we don't rush around or much, like we just, maybe in the ER we just do a poor job of conveying that we are still taking it as seriously, but I assure you we are taking it seriously. It's just that four and a half versus 20 hour, maybe it just makes people think a little bit differently. So just keep in mind that that's what we want to do. If it's a last known well time within 20 hours, they are still going to be a priority one and it is still a stroke alert. The other one is more so, so I wanted to talk about the MOLST form because there's this big confusion about Uh, DNR option B for the palliative care option. So on both sides of the spectrum there there have been a couple issues. So on the EMS side EMS for the most part does everything that they need to do. Uh, The only thing I would say is that the, (laughs) the, the DNR option B is not a get out of jail free card. It's not this okay well they're a DNR B so I guess I really don't have to take a history or anything no matter what, you should still take a, a history, let us know the situation that's going on, because once they get to the hospital, EMS doesn't have to acknowledge the, the second part of the form, which is usually the big deal about the most because with the second part of the form not pertaining to EMS... They most EMS providers are doing the right thing. They're not starting IVs. they're not doing 12 leads.' They're not they don't have to do all these things. Um, but palliative care and the DNRB, even with that does not mean don't do anything. We Once they get to the hospital, there're still going to probably be interventions, especially it's not, it's not revolving around an arrest type of situation where like the pulse is gonna stop and then these DNR forms take effect I mean a lot of times it's we still need a history we still need to know what's going on um, just having that background info does help out the ER staff a lot a lot of the docs a couple of docs came up to me and they they talked about this with me um, some interesting thing on the EMS side. Yeah, you you, the page two of the uh, the DNR form does not apply to EMS. That's just explicitly stated. But palliative care does not mean no care. Option B, it means no IV. Uh, you can technically transport to hospice the way that it's written in the protocols. And uh, even even as it, as it's written. And even as the videos on MIM suggest, the CPAP and the BIPAP are not true ventilator settings, so they can be used. Um, but that's barring, that's that's not on the EMS side. So the other thing that comes up a lot, and this is more so for the ER staff, is that box four C, it's on the second page of which EMS doesn't really look at it's we always bring up this topic about the nursing homes because the nursing homes will always send these patients even if this uh, the box 4c is checked and the box 4c is do not transport however remember what the DNR is for the DNR is for the situation revolving around an arrest situation or you know the loss of a pulse really if there's any other cause for a, a patient to come to the ER this this really doesn't apply because it's in this situation that all right if let's say there's a UTI or some other situation like the patient requires a CT There's very little nursing homes that I'm aware of that are capable of doing an imaging scan of a patient, so they're going to end up at the ER anyway. Um, These patients have these treatable causes. It's not that they're revolving around a situation where they are going to go into arrest, but there are situations where they're uncomfortable or in pain, and these things can be solved. So once they come to the ER, There's interventions that we're going to do, even though they are an option B. And that situation about do not transport, it comes up a lot because it's like, well, okay, well, why transport at all uh, when you're a DNRB? But the situation is, is that if these are treatable causes and the problem or the illness can be corrected and it's not in an arrest situation, they, they do need imaging, they do need testing, unless otherwise specified in that form 2 of the, uh, the most form. So those three issues were the big ones that I wanted to talk about. And this is really just the launch of this podcast. And like I said, I'm, I'm interested in continuing this. I want to do it at least once a week. I hope to release these at least by Friday. So, if there's comments, suggestions, anything, criticisms, whatever, I don't, I don't care. Uh, it's status dramaticus r n e m s at gmail.com. So, S T A T U S D R A M A T I C U S r n e m s at gmail.com. In retrospect, maybe I should have chosen a shorter title. But you know what? It's too late now. I already have the YouTube account and I have the Gmail account, so that's what it is. Um, yeah. So uh, shoot me an email. Um, we can talk about more stuff. Maybe in the future, we'll do some, you know, video of this podcast instead of just right in the beginning. It's just going to be audio. Um, that's what I have. I have a podcast set up right now, so I'm just trying to get this out here right now. Um, other than that, uh, hope everybody's being safe, and I'll check with you next week.